So there was a lot of like saying yes when I wanted to say no. There was a lot of um a lot of theatrics and acting. Right. And so I remember I was about 26. I'm 53 now. So I was about 26 and I was in a relationship that was just, I mean, it was like, so it was a great movie, a horrible life. Mm. You know, there was like the throwing of the dishes and holding onto someone's leg as they're walking away, dragging me across the room. And how dare you do this to me? And, and then the like passionate making up kind of thing. And it just seems so glamorous. And, and, and it was like, I ended up on antidepressants. I remember I lost so much weight, but it was like awesome because I was so thin, but really it's because I was just being eaten up inside. Like I was, my nervous system was so jacked up. Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Deeper Awareness Podcast. I'm Hannah, and today, Josh and I are joined by the lovely Shannon Bryson. A topic that often comes up for our show is the balance of masculine and feminine energy that lives within each of us. And I loved talking about this with Shannon because she focuses on helping women find their feminine energy. Because as we live in a more masculine world of trying to get things done and trying to prove our worth to everybody, we often lose touch of that feminine creativity, um, that the messiness that that we need to be allowing into our everyday life. Um, there's no more room for perfection, perfectionism, I like to say. So one aspect that Shannon brings up in the episode today is playing. Um, it's sometimes you get that little jolt of like play, like I'm, I'm too old to play, whatever that means. Like it, it's a little bit, of an uneasy feeling um, because we're so far away from that stage of life where play felt so natural. So we talk a lot about that in today's episode. Um, So that's my invitation for you today. Once you listen to this episode is maybe just do something that reminds you of that inner child of um, whatever it is. Like, was it, trucks and uh like bulldozers (laughs) or barbies which a lot of people are feeling that um nostalgia of like all of these women used to play with barbies and men too um or or anything like i used to love pretending i was a dog when i was a kid so i love to play with my dog like get on all fours and like wrestle with my dog like that just brings me back to my childhood um so that's my invitation today for you is to play just a little just give yourself a little taste of fun and that enjoyment that we used to feel when we were younger because that's the feminine that's the creativity um 
that we are so lacking. So without further ado, here is Shannon and her beautiful story. Enjoy. So welcome to today's episode. We're so happy to have Shannon here with us. Um, Yeah, Shannon and I were in the same pause program, learning breathwork. And I feel like I don't, I don't actually remember you in the program other than practicum when I was signing up for your, your things. And so uh, I remember Shannon tried to get me to play in one of my, one of her, uh, one of our sessions together. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I don't know how to do this. And she's like, come on, let's play. <laughs> so that's a really meaningful that that was a a big part of you know my introspection and growth so um shannon we're just going to give you a little bit of time here to introduce yourself um what you're kind of who you are today and then we'll dive into the meat of the podcast well thank you thanks for having me on i'm super excited and honored to be here um, yeah, so again, my name is Shannon. I'm in San Diego, California. And um, at the moment in my life, I have a business called Wild Breath, where I do, of course, facilitate breath work, mostly online, but I, I also run retreats all over the world, which has been a dream come true. It started with the fact that I wanted to travel. And then it's just worked into taking a bunch of women is what I work with. At the moment, I work with only women. I work with women that are, I work with women who are going through transitions in life, whether it's menopause or empty nester or um, divorces, or it, 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 it's women who are like changing, changing seasons in life and moving into something else and, and not a hundred percent certain what that looks like for them or who they are now, as opposed to who they were last time they got an opportunity to take a look at their situation. So giving them tools, breathwork being the main one, but I do work with some other modalities as well. Um, Yeah, giving them tools to kind of just get quiet and to listen to their own intuition. And so everyone's, I don't have a cookie cutter program to where I say, this is what you need to do to figure it out. I give them lots of tools to play with because playing is huge for me Um, because it's just, you know, we take this self-awareness journey or spirituality or, you know, going within we just take it so seriously. And it's not that it's not serious, but also part of the human experience is also to like have fun and play and be spontaneous and creative. And so I want to remind people to do that part of it. Um, And I'm really, as of late, diving into this balancing of the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. Like, as I have gone through my healing journey, like, things pop up with me. I'm like, oh, wow, that was big for me. It must be going on for other people as well. But really diving into this. um, And it's not a male-female thing. It's this masculine and feminine energy thing that... We're just a whole world of doing, doing, doing and structure and analyzing and checking off all the boxes on the checklist. And um, and I and there's that. 
And then there's this other side of going like all the way, like being and just being introspective all the time and dancing naked in the forest and howling at the moon. And that's beautiful also, but I can't live there either, Mm. you know? So um, really supporting women at the, at the, at the moment, women in finding their balance with that. Um, because it's, it's so jarring on our nervous systems, being our masculine, masculine on all our time. And we can't get anything done being in our feminine all of the time. So supporting women and finding their unique balance, like they don't have to be 50, 50, like someone might just be innately more masculine or innately more feminine, you know, whether they're male or female. And so, um, giving them tools to play again, to find their balance. Ooh, there's so much there. That's so good. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So other than that, I have two kids that I love so much and they're like these little, like a little witch and a little warlock. (laughs) I'm so grateful for them because they've, we've kind of grown up together and, um, yeah, and I just want to, yeah, I guess put a little plug in for them because they're just amazing, such important souls in my life. That's so good. So we love to hear, so the premise of deeper awareness is this idea that we're kind of taught or shown what will fulfill us. And we go through the motions, we're going after it. And then at some point, something happens and it's just like, this isn't working. Something has to change. Yeah. So if you could, um, we'd love to hear your version of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the weird thing is, is like, it, it's, it's strange because sometimes I feel like a brat because when I say like, I mean, I really had a lovely home. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where it seems so great. And then once I grew up, I'm like, wow, that was really effed up. You know, that was like, wow. You know? But overall, it's like, you know, the first question that was on the thing is like my personal journey. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, it was just interesting because I felt very loved. Like there was a lot of love in my home. I knew my parents loved me and I was close with my sisters, like all that. And (laughs) there was a lot of confusion around that as well, because there was like, there was conditions to feeling loved. So it was like, you know, as long as you were like pretty and smart and thin and pleasant and agreeable, you know, then then you felt lovable. And so it was like striving to be all these things all the time. And, and it was really interesting because my mom is beautiful and she's very she was in show business and they were kind of like the show Mad Men. That was like the era of my parents. And so my dad was like this big, like powerful business guy, very masculine, um, you know, cocktails and mistresses. And, you know, that was like totally almost glamorized in my house. And then my mom was like this beautiful, fiery Latin singer. And she was um, in my eyes as a kid like he was so masculine and she was so feminine, Mm. but it still wasn't like sitting with me that that was feminine. And like when it finally hit me, it was like, she was totally masculine also, 
she was just using this like feminine costume over a very masculine way of being mm-hmm. you know so I learned that being feminine was being like really sexual and flirty and and it was more like using my feminine like not even my feminine using being female mm. as a power over something and um I mean I remember in second grade it was my first day of Catholic school and I didn't have a uniform yet and I remember what I wore to school was this little red it was a red shirt long sleeve whatever that said flirt with some lips on it <laughs> and I was like I didn't even know what flirt meant. And I remember asking and she's all, oh, it means like when you wink at somebody so you can get something, you know, something you want. And, and so I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, so when anybody asked me what flirt meant, I'm like, oh, it means when you wink at somebody. And I didn't really know what it meant, but I mean, <laughs> it's just like encouraged to be like, you know, it, I remember my dad saying you are beautiful and you are smart. And that's a dangerous, com- com- I would say that's a dangerous combination mm. and you can get anything you want with that. And so it was always like this feminine female thing was more like a power that I had, which I liked that. Yeah. But it was like always having to live up to something. We were, we were always, um, it was always like doing and doing and making sure. I I mean, I, I ended up having an eating disorder growing up and, because it's like, I had to be thin enough and it, and it had to be this enough. And I always got good grades and I got into college and I, and if, and where I was saying the confusion with the family was that my dad like was very like super loving, also a very, very high functioning alcoholic. And we didn't know there was this combination of like, I know he loves me, but I better be all the things to make sure he, cause I didn't know what mood he was going to be in that day, depending on, you know, what mood he decided that day. It was a very much like a walking on eggshell thing. So I would start conversations with him like, Hey, I had a test today and I got an A or like, Oh, look, I got a new dress. Mom bought me a dress. And like, you know, it was always like about like, like doing something to earn it first so that I could like soften, soften him up so that he would love me. Mm. Yeah. And in doing that, totally like squished this like softer voice of just being like intuitive and open and just being and slowing down. It was always like I was on a, I had, I was always analytical with what I had to do and what path I had to be on to get what I needed. But because I was a girl and doing it in a girly way, that was feminine, you know, when now I know that was just totally masculine and it was a power play, you know. Um, so something always felt a little off with that and a little I was, and I didn't know what it, at the time, but my nervous system was just jacked up. Because I was totally avoid, uh, avoiding that part of me, like the softer, quiet part of me, you know. And it was too quiet to hear. Like everything else was so fucking loud. Mm. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I felt very loved. And at the same time, my parents were super playful. And so we had a lot of play and laughter in my house. And um, 
so yeah, I'm just gonna say like overall, and and that's not, I'm sure it's not like a totally unique story. Maybe the details might be, but like overall, it's like it's just a confusing household. Mm. Um, and so as I, and then on top of that, actually, there was a lot of financial stuff where we had everything. We were part of the country club and Rolls Royces and private school and. My parents would go to balls and it was like major like that. And then like our house would be, we, we would have to move out of our house foreclosed and cars would be repossessed and we had to move and we lived it like a totally different kind of life in a little shack in the country. And as kids, my sisters and I didn't know the difference. We were just moving, never lived anywhere more than four years my entire life. And, and so we just always, Wow, I'm having kind of an aha with this right now. Like we always got plopped somewhere new, got to recreate who we were. And I had to make sure to be on the A-list to make friends with popular people and be what I needed to be to fit in. Oof, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, so that was like a full-time job, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Just you're never in that rest and digest. You're no, always... never. It's just always like, okay, who would I be? Who is that? How do I fit in? How do I, how do I get into the cave so I can be in that clan so that the dinosaurs don't get me if I don't get in, you know, mm -hmm. it's just constantly in this survival mode, really. It's that same approach taking with your dad. Like how, how can I soften these people? So then they will accept me for, for who I am. Yeah. Who I'm trying to be. Right. So in all these formative years, it's like, I never really got to figure out there were bits of who I felt I was but um it's funny because when I remember as a kid there was like four Halloweens in a row where I was a fortune teller and I was like I want to grow up and be a gypsy and be a fortune teller and I want to you know read people's palms and I'm like yeah that honestly thinking back that's pretty much what I wanted to do <laughs> it's kind of what I do now <laughs> uh so um so there was a little bit of me that knew I wanted this, like, and if I was to like really hone that into like, what is that really? It's like, I knew there was a part of me that wanted to be connected to my intuitive side and to connect with others with that. And, um, but that just, I remember when I wanted to go to school to do hair and my dad was like, yeah, my daughter's not doing hair. Like my daughter, my dad was big and financial. And then he also taught at UCLA. He taught business at UCLA. So he's like, yeah, you're not going to cosmetology school. Like that's not an option, you know? So I went to one year of college and just threw away a year and his money. And at the end of that year, I'm like, I want to go to cosmetology school. And so <laughs> I did. And then I did hair for 30, 32 years, 33 years I did hair. And, and, and my whole, my parents ended up make creating or buying a spa or opening a spa and the whole family was in the business which is kind of funny mm. but um yeah anyway so for years I just was so busy trying to fit in that um not and it wasn't just fit in it was like fit in and be like in the top tier of fitting it because that would make me lovable so of course taking that into like starting to um, have relationships, like romantic relationships. And, and, and it's like when people look at the like 
I've been married a couple of times and, and even boyfriend's relationships I've had, like they're all completely different. And I was completely different with each one because I would meet someone and there'd be aspects of them that I'm like, Oh, I love that. And then I'm like, okay, who do I need to be for them to love me? Like when it comes to manifesting things, I have no problem. I'm just, I have no problem manifesting what I want. I just need to be more discerning about what I'm asking for. Mm. It's not just like, oh, I want this. So I'm going after it and I'm going to get it. It's like, is this really for me? Is Mm. this for my highest good? Am I for their highest good? Like I'm going into this relationship thinking it's loving. This was what I was telling myself. It's loving of me to be whoever they need me to be. You know, and and I thought that was love. Like if they're, you know, the desert rat guy who goes to the desert ride motorcycles, great. I, now I learn how to ride a motorcycle and I have all the gear. You know, if they're like sporty guy, okay, well now I go to all the football games and I dress like in Nike everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, it's like whatever I think is pleasing and agreeable to them and will make them love me most. Like, so I end up being like, the, I... And I say this with all humility, I've been proposed to so many times because I'm not really showing, I'm not really me. I'm being the perfect person I think they want me to be. Mm-hmm. Or this is how I was, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then so people are like, wow, you really don't have a type. You've been with so many different type of people. And I'm, it, it's like, it's the power play in me, not realizing that, that I'm doing, I'm not doing it on purpose thinking I'm, being in this power position, but I'm doing it kind of like, like, oh, I know exactly what to do to get what I need, which was love, which is, yeah. So that has been a, a really a lifetime up of that. And until, um, I don't know, like the last 10 years or so was, has been a real deep dive into like, wow, like in the middle of of a relationship that I was doing that, like really going like, wow, I'm doing that. Like, I see that that's what I've done. And, and I've kind of done it again. And then as I was like, kind of, well, working on unraveling that and untangling that, watching my life fall apart. So let's see. I feel like I've had a few aha moments. I'm sure we all have a few aha moments. It's just that it might've taken several before I really listened and did anything about it. They're always Uh, first first. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, talked about being this agreeable, extra- um, power, like femme fatale type thing, you know? Um, and there was a point where I really started noticing how it was such a disservice to my nervous system, always being basically a people pleaser, but it was in a, in a, when I think of a people pleaser, just being agreeable, just being, you know, I, I think of like, nice little housewife who's mm. make sure that the right dinner that that's not that wasn't my story at all it was more like being very um it was a I don't know what the word would be I was definitely more fiery than that but it was still in a, it, it was really honestly if I'm honest it was just using like my sexuality as a power and when I started 
really noticing. I was kind of doing it innately and then just started noticing like, wow, that's ugly. And it's a disservice to femininity, you know, and it was drawing to my nervous system. So there was a lot of like saying yes when I wanted to say no. There was a lot of um, a lot of theatrics and acting, right? And so I remember I was about 26. I'm 53 now. So I was about 26 and I was in a relationship that was just, I mean, it was like, so it was a great movie, a horrible life. You know, there was like the throwing of the dishes and holding onto someone's leg as they're walking away, dragging me across the room. And how dare you do this to me? And and then the like passionate making up kind of thing. And it just seems so glamorous. And, and, and it was like, I ended up on antidepressants. I remember I lost so much weight, but it was like awesome because I was so thin. But really, it's because I was just being eaten up inside. Like I was, my nervous system was so jacked up. Anyway, long story short, that ended, but I still, I had never been single since I was about 13 for more than three months. And, you know, even if it, when I was younger, it was just like these cute little boyfriend relationships. But but I've just never not been within a relationship most of my life. That It was like that. And, um, and so, again, I kept seeing that I was doing it. And when I had seen, I had a, a woman, a therapist that I had, I had gone to off and on for years and what she said about me. And I, and I think when she said this to me, maybe about six years ago, it really hit home for me. She's like, you do the opposite of what most people do. She's like, most people go in like all them totally show up as themselves. And little by little, they lose themselves in a relationship. She's like, you go in totally not yourself, whatever you think you need to be. And then throughout the relationship, you start waking up and you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this. This isn't me. Um, so I don't, I don't know if one's better or worse, but the point is in these relationships, I finally get to a point where I'm like, okay, I really do genuinely like this about the person, but it doesn't need to be me. Or I, there's this part of me that I'm like now not allowed to show or be and the person I'm with is like, who are you? You've changed. And I'm like, actually, I've always been this. And I realized that in thinking I was being loving by showing up how they might want me to be, I was not being loving at all because they were not really getting to truly, like I was doing everyone a disservice by like them not really knowing who I was they couldn't really love me. Right. And then, and then I'm mad at them for not fully loving me. I'm upset or feel rejected or abandoned because I'm not loved for me when I really never showed them me. So, yeah. Question here. Yeah. I very much relate to what, what you're saying. Um, and the runaway bride, you remember that? Yeah. Movie? And where she didn't know what kind of eggs she liked. Right. hundred percent. Exactly that. <laughs> and so did it, for you, did it seem like you knew what kind of eggs you liked and you were choosing their eggs or did you have no idea? I think I was just curious what their eggs tasted like. Hmm. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I'd like to try that. I'm interested in that. 
And then I was, and then all I was doing was eating their eggs. And one day I'm like, you know, fuck you. I want my, <laughs> when they're like, what happened? I'm like, you know, and I'm like throwing down this big devastation that they don't know me or get me or when it mm. was me was not letting them in, which was also terrifying. Cause mm. what if they don't love me? Mm-hmm. You know, what if like, I'm not skinny enough, pretty enough, smart enough, blah, blah enough, or nice enough or whatever. And then I'm not lovable. That's terrifying. Like that would be the end of the world if I wasn't lovable. It brings tears to my eyes just thinking about that. Mm. Uh, so, so make a long story short, finally, I was in a relationship, which I will say was the love of my life, the most difficult relationship I've ever been in and the most growth that I've had ever. And it wasn't, it was because it was so hard mm. and there was so much, it was probably really replicating my relationship with my dad in the sense of there was so much love there. There still is. We're friends and we're like, but there's so much love there and it's so dysfunctional. Like, it's just so like, we're not meant to be together and we love each other so much. Yeah. You know? And so, um, there was a lot of things that went on in that relationship that I, and there was lots of years in it of being able to go back and forth and, and him allowing me to be me and both of us having lots of wounds from childhood that we lashed out at each other because of and allowed each other to work through and lots of breakups and getting back together. It was just, it was just a big long, um, it was like the longest therapy session ever. Um, so, so real quick, um, at what point, like in your journey, did you discover that it was like childhood stuff or that it was wounding or that it was patterns that you could actually Hmm. notice, discover on, unearth and do something about? Yeah. So I think with somewhere along the way in that relationship, I realized that like, this wasn't a new feeling I was having. So it's like, when have I felt this loved and this not loved at the same time? You know, it's like, and so I, when I started really, when I started, cause during one of our breakups, you know, I really started, I had gone to, um, I'd gone to Peru. Well, actually it was before that. It, during that relationship anyway. Um, I just started doing a lot of work and uh, between, you know, reading the books and doing like some ceremonies and, and just spending some quiet time because we were together, but it was still, we both were very independent, even though we were together. Um, And in that quietness, starting to ask myself, like, why does this, it's so hard and I don't leave. Like, why does this feel comfortable? Like, what about this is making me stay? And what about this feels so comfortable and almost soothing to me, even though it was so hard. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing it felt just like my relationship with my dad. You know, it was like, like, Oh, is today, is he going to love me today? Am I going to be the good girl today? Or am I, you know, or, and then when I'm not the good girl, it's like, um, what do I do to get back to being, the good girl and then there's things that just happened that were 
not things that I would never be okay with, never allow, never. And there was something about the fact that we had been friends for years beforehand that gave us this other little platform to work with. It wasn't just the romantic. There was a friendship part that I was like, okay, he did like this happened. He did do this thing, but I can see where he's coming from because I know what his upbringing is. And I, so I was making a lot of excuses for things that were not okay because if I, I don't know. There was a, there was a lot of, again, this is when it all started. Like when I was talking about how um, I started doing some of the diving in and my life started falling apart. Like mm. my life started unraveling. I started like untangling things and being like, Oh wow, this one's connected to my childhood. And this one's connected to my feelings of being unworthy. And Oh, well, I've already been married a couple times. I mean, I don't deserve to have a real clean relationship. So this is like the best I can get now. And or oh, well, he gets this aspect of me and he still likes me most of the time. <laughs> it was just a lot of um, I don't want to say settling because he's really lovely and I love him. And he's not that I, it's not that I was settling for him, but I was settling for how much I thought I could have in a relationship. Like of how how healthy or how happy of a relationship am I allowed to have with my past type of thing? Um, but there was like, all of that is all of it. that I've said leads to this big drum roll of like the moment. <laughs> so there was some like infidelities going on throughout the relationship with like, he had a couple times cheated on me and found him, caught him in lies several times. And there was always like, talking his way out of it and me being whatever a lot of that and I always knew I just always knew that it wasn't okay like stuff was going on and I knew and he kept saying it wasn't and I just wanted I wanted to believe him but I I had a feeling in my body that I just knew and I kept avoiding it and I was just feeling not I wasn't feeling great physically you're not feeling great and there was a day he came home and it's like the day that literally changed my life. He came home and he, we lived out in the country and he's a real like, you know, he would not go to Starbucks because that's like the man owns it and he would never like do, you know. So he came home with a Starbucks cup. <laughs> I'm like, you went to Starbucks? And he, he's like, yeah. I said, anyway, it was like this back and forth. Like, he's like, why are you asking me this? Why? And I just knew I knew I went and I, and I pulled down the little um, cause I asked him, mom, did you go by yourself? Did you? And he's like, why are you being so weird about a cup of coffee? I went and pulled off the sleeve and his ex-girlfriend's name, the girl that he'd been messing with her name was on the cup. And I just looked at that and I got this shock through my body. And I was like, I know when I know, and I will never forget the feeling of my body telling me that I know something. Mm. And that seems kind of a silly moment but that moment I was like that feeling of knowing was anchored in my body and so that was just like okay never again like I will not I will for that voice is going to get louder in me I'm not stuffing that voice down anymore so um of course we broke up and um so real quick yeah as you were sharing that I could feel like this shiver running through me, like this truth. And as you were calling it silly, I was like, 
that is the most unsilly thing that that we have access to yeah and i like to ask this question because we all have ignored that feeling or we don't trust it for you what what do you think you can share like your experience and then why we as a society what is it that that has us ignoring that well, first, I want to say that I don't think the experience was silly. I just think that the it's funny how it showed up in a cup of Starbucks coffee. Yeah, that yeah. Not silly. Yeah. But the experience was super profound for me. Mm. Um, and because I think for me specifically, obviously, I can't speak for all of humanity, but for me, there's a responsibility you need to take when you're going to live in truth. Mm. And I don't think that before that point, I was ready. I I was scared of that responsibility because does that mean if I face the music, am I going to be alone? Like, what does it mean? I have a big story with finances too, with money, the energy around money. And and so I was like, oh my gosh, I live with this person and, and a lot of things are taken care of. So if I'm going to be honest, like, and live in my truth where my nervous system feels soothed and like, does that mean I'm going to be alone? Does that mean that like, can I afford it? Am I going to be living? I believe that like every fear we have boils down to, we're afraid we're going to die. So Mm. all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're going to break up and I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be on the streets and then there's going to be a horrible winter and I'm going to (laughs) die, you know? And so so the avoidance of it is like, I need to now take responsibility for just being me. And I don't have, and, and, um, and do I trust myself to take care of me emotionally, like physically, tangibly? Um, and, and when being honest, do I want to, like, is that just sounds exhausting to do it by myself, you know, but which it is. it is. It is. It can be. It is. You know, life is, I mean, you know, this whole human experience is like not, not for the faint of heart for sure. Um, And I think that's why I have to bring the play into it. It brings a balance in for mm. me. And it is like life here now in this time is super masculine. It's just very masculine and to survive again here and the way it is now I feel like I have to be so in my masculine to survive, right? And so taking responsibility for my nervous system and for my life, for that matter, um, really allowed me to be less masculine. Like I was, by taking responsibility, I was afraid it was going to be harder. It's actually allowed me to let go a little more and trust a little more and be a little more creative and, and allow like flow and be like more receptive instead of always having to like be giving and doing and creating and structuring and making sure that like if I like got to let go of some control and now just and now it's like oh my gosh now it's like yeah I have to be I have to have the structure right I have to pay my bills I have to like I have to do some things I run a business yeah but I also have like so much more freedom 
in my body, in my nervous system by just trusting in what's, what's coming, what's for me. Um, so I was like, why do people not do it? I don't know. For me, I think it was a, like afraid of the re- taking responsibility for my, for my life. Mm. Um, and like I said, I had never been single. Like I, and even when I was single, not in a relationship, my kids were home. So then in the last like five, six years, seven years, I've stepped into this place where like, I'm single. I have no kids at home and I have a lot of alone time. And by myself a lot. And at first that kind of scared me. Well, I'd say at first it was that it sounded great. Like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. You know, at first it sounded amazing. And then once that settled and it wasn't just like a vacation, then I was like, this is my life. Then it was very uncomfortable. Lots of tears, lots of like nervous system, like feeling frenetic a lot. And then I had to start, (laughs) then breath work came in. How did you find it? Um, gosh, I don't even know. I think I, it was actually after he and I had broken up. I, I, it was one of those things where like I heard about it like three separate times. You know, three different people were telling. Like I kept hearing about it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try it. So I found someone and I and I did a session online actually, and. And I will say I've never had a session like that first session. The first session I had was like mind blowing. Had my dad that passed away there with me. My body was convulsing. It was um, really profound for me. But what the most profound thing was, was the silence I felt in my body. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like that's what that feels like. I, I don't think I ever experienced it in my life. Oh, that feeling of, and then, and so that feeling, I started to trust that I needed more of that feeling basically. So that was my first breathwork session. And as soon as I am also that girl, because I am so in my masculine, if I do something and I like it, I've got to take the course, I got to get certified and I want to do go all the way with it. And so, um, I started doing more sessions and then I had my first breathwork certification in 20, I think in, maybe 2020. Um, and I was certified, but it was a very, very, again, a very masculine teacher, a woman, but in a very mass, it was all about like, just have them in. There was no, um, no talk about trauma informed. (laughs) It was just about making cry, get them to the cry. And, um, and that like the breathwork portion felt amazing. And I got a lot of people to really release a lot, but something felt it was missing that feminine aspect. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but there was just something that felt not responsible about, about it mm. for me. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I just, so I kept playing around with it. And then when I found, um, pause, I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly, I mean, that, I mean, there's actually, I actually taught a group of people and certified them to teach breathwork before I found pause. And then I called them all back. I'm like, I almost, I want to like almost apologize for not knowing what I didn't know. Mm. And let's do a little addendum here. Um, and then after taking that course, I was like, yeah, I don't think I would ever teach breathwork 
to certify people again because pause is so all-inclusive it has everything there's just, I could never do more than that like that it's such an amazing course um that I really um now I refer people to the course because it was so great but yeah that silence for me and there's different modalities for different people and I've done all the psychedelics I've done all I'm, I was constantly searching for something I didn't know what it was and I loved that I found it without a substance, mm. you know, because I mean, I found it with substances, but I can't live in that land all the time either, uh, or I don't want to. And so to find something that's within, like this within us to be able to find that, um, that silence. And once I was able to hear that, and again, once I was able to understand that it was a different type of language because I was listening for answers in a very practical analytical kind of way and even if something felt off I would rationalize it or justify that you know it was just like a, it was in like a masculine language and then when I started realizing that oh if there's this other language that I'm learning now and now that I'm learn, now that I'm learning that language, the more I learn it, it's getting louder. And now, as a matter of fact, um, my ex and I, we got back together for a period of time. And because he's lovely and there's so much love there, we got back together and then we just have a dynamic with each other that just, mm -mm. so we got to a point I'm like, yeah, it's not working. And, and I started with the, well, it's not working because of A, B, and C, and then there's D and a little bit of E, and and then I was like, nope. When I when we broke up, I said to him, because he's like, why? What net? We know what? What's the problem? I'm like, you know what? My nervous system can't do this relationship, and that's like all I needed. I didn't need the whole story around it or a blaming thing or you're bad and I'm good or. I feel guilty for breaking your heart or, you know, nothing like that. I was like, you know, my nervous system, when we're together, my nervous system is so jacked up. Even if as we're sitting down, reading books together in a quiet space, my nervous system is like on edge. And when we're not together, I feel silent and quiet again. And that to me was like such a loud message that I might not have understood not might not have heard or understood the language my body was speaking to me before. Mm. Well, we're taught to, I always find this funny that we're taught to like, Oh, do you get butterflies from that person? It's like, that's actually your nervous system kind of telling you that something's, right. off. something's off. Like find somebody that makes you feel relaxed and not nervous, not yes. butterflies. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, so we broke up and we had about three years and I didn't date at all. I was just too, I wasn't trusting enough that I was there. And I just really dove into my business and into my breath work. And, and it was really, really, really amazing to have three single years of no kids, no relationship, and just being with myself and building my relationships with my friends and, and, um, Meeting yourself in that silent place. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And actually, I fucking love myself. I really just, I'm so grateful. I feel like I'm back to that um, gypsy palm reader. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, I just feel like playful again and light again and, and like feel good and lovable just being myself. And it doesn't have to be, there's no agenda with my love. You know, it's like, hey, here I am. And if you want to play with me, play with me. And if you don't, good, no worries. It doesn't mean anything about me or about you. You know, I've gone on a couple, I, I've now gone on a couple dates recently, actually, which is a whole other, that's a whole other podcast, different podcast. Um, but I've gone on a couple dates and I'm just super clear about what I want and I don't want. And it's not about how can I fit into their life, but like, does this human and my humanness, is it like complementary for what the feeling I would like in my body? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I had no problem. It didn't have to be a big, oh, I'm going to ghost this person or, oh, they're bad. I was just, you know, I'm, there was one particular person I said, yeah, I just think we have different lifestyles and, you know, you're great. And I had a blast actually. It totally had fun, but it's just not, you know, no, no, thank you, you know, and, um, and wow, having a response from someone that in the past would have just been so great for my ego. Like I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. Honestly, it was almost like me, like I'll do this and be this kind of person. And I really want you in my life and blah. And I was like, no, you don't need to change a thing. You're great. Like I just, it, it's just not you know, we're just not like, it's just my, it's just a no in my body. That's all. Um, that's freeing in itself, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, I think that's cool. Yeah. The, the universe, uh, that you got to interact with that version of you that you used to be, yeah. and now you're here and you can see clearly where you were and where you are and you're like yeah no thank you I love the no yeah. thank you yeah yeah I do too and it and it's um interesting how it's received I'm used to again the way I grew up in my household a lot of drama and in my relationships they've always been like lots of drama at some point or another there's like especially the endings the endings are always so dramatic and it's like it's been really like, I always wanted this and this, you know? And it's, like, been really amazing to feel this. Like, even at an ending, it's, like, and it doesn't have to, like, all this meaning doesn't have to be attached to it. It's just keeping, I'm trying, I'm really working on, like, not creating any more entanglements in my life. Just keeping everything, like, clean lines of, no this or maybe maybe not today maybe not now maybe at a later time but not right now or just being this totally honest and before being honest I was afraid it would hurt somebody or I'd lose somebody or you know I don't want to hurt someone's feelings and at the end of the day like not being honest it just draws out the hurt feelings for longer and um and the way someone's going to react to truth is not really my responsibility. Hmm. You know? Well, that brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. Um, Cause like you had said too, when this is something I'm dealing with, I'm working on, it's probably someone else is working on it too. Um, the word kept coming up agreeable. And that's been like a word for me lately. I'm like, why am I so agreeable to everybody? So while you're talking about that, 
was there a time or a practice or some sort of play you did to work through that need to be so agreeable because it's so hard like as a people pleaser myself like trying to not be agreeable yeah. I'm, and so I'm just I'm in the phase right now where I'm just noticing it like where I'm agreeable to so many people and so I know that there's this next step for me too so is there a story a part of your story that you remember of that yeah so I'm sure you can tell just by the way, when I talk about different things, like I'll get amped up or I start speaking faster, my hands start flying or (laughs) so I've always, it's in my, it it was in my nature to always just be knee jerk. Like I need to know real fast. I need to know now. Like, this is like, you say this and I'm like, yes, no. Or, you know, and, um, and my first instinct is survive. Yes. You know? And so no pun intended, but pause. You know, so that's like now that has been one of the biggest tools for me is that I don't have to say yes or no right away. If someone asks something of me and if it's something that I can, I can say, can I let you know tomorrow? Let me just sit with it for a minute, you know, Um, or, and sometimes I don't have a day, but even if I need 30 seconds, a minute, like I check in with my body, I, I, that is my number one gauging tool is my nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I'd say really getting to be like best friends with your nervous system and feeling when you get a twitch feeling and knowing like even playing around and I'll have my clients do this too. Sometimes we don't even know what the twitch means. I don't know if that's a yes or a no. So, so I will invite people to like think of the things that you know are for sure yes how does that feel in your body how does like chocolate ice cream cone feel in your body like oh that felt like a major yes and I can see where do I feel it do I feel it in my stomach do I feel it in my chest like where do I feel the things that I know are yeses and where do I feel my nose so that I'm familiar with what a yes feels like to me and obviously it takes you know time and practice and but it, it's giving yourself a moment to feel to see what's there to see you know so when someone says like hey would you mind picking this up before you come to my house or would you mind doing this favor for me and picking so and so up at the airport or whatever it is you know it's like okay you know what my schedule's super tight today and I can't do it now I could do it later on tonight or I can pick it up for you tomorrow or, you know, like it's really just like being honest with what works for us and what doesn't. And, but knowing what that even feels like in the first place for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I've also been working with them um, or playing around with when people ask me a question, I don't always have to answer. I can answer with a question. <laughs> Absolutely. Get more information. Yeah, I'm always like quick to be like, well, I have to give them the solid answer right away. And it's like, you know what? No, why don't I question them? Take my power back a little. Right. I'll do that with text. I, Mm -hmm. my nervous system was like so geeked out all the time thinking like someone texted me. I'm in the middle of something. I'm literally in the middle of a breathwork session and I get a text. I'm like, well, their eyes are closed. I can answer it. (laughs) People don't answer me right away. Why do I feel like I need to answer something? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, like just take a moment and 
and, and be present. It's like, that's also another thing is like really being present. Like when someone asks something it's like feeling your body, feeling your breath, how did that just react to you? Allowing yourself to like, just be in the moment. Like, well, what, what happens if I say no to them? Are they not going to like me anymore? Maybe I'm not going to be invited to the birthday party. If I say no to them or you know, whatever it is, it's like going off on these, so many other pieces start coming up and instead of just being with that, that thing right then, how does it feel? And then respond to it, not reacting to it, like a knee-jerk reaction. Mm. There's a difference between responding and reacting. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm. It's so much more empowering. And and I don't even want to say empowering because it's it doesn't have to be like that much of an energy to it, but it's so much um clean as always the word I use. It just feels so much cleaner in my system to respond than to just react. Like I have this emotional reaction mm. and I'm Puerto Rican. So I, I, am just emotional period. Like I, I just respond. <laughs> I, I like that. And that's another thing too. We're all different. So we all have different levels of what our nervous systems can take. I feel, and I might be kidding myself, but I feel like I can take some like I can take some fire. Like, that's okay for me. Like I'm okay with, with that, but I just need to find about my balance so that to find where, like where I calibrate into um, like neutral for myself. And that can be totally different than Josh's and totally different than yours, you know, but um, just being honest when I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling a little fiery now. I can feel my nervous system. Like, okay. I have a really good friend that like when she's, in her calm, I have to check. Do you know, do you have Marco, Marco Polo or Marco? It's like, yeah. So you can like do two X to listen to the, I always think that I, by accident hit the two X when she's speaking. I'm like, she really talking that fast. I can't even. And it, and it's just, that's her, like, that's her right after a meditation, you know, but for me, it's like, it's a lot. And then I'm a lot for someone else. So it's just finding your own, you know, your own balance. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about your retreats, maybe a little background on some that you've done and then any that you have upcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I started doing, I actually booked a retreat and planned a retreat years ago, probably maybe 10 years ago. I planned a retreat. I was so excited and planned all the things because I love planning. I, I'm a, I think I should have been like a travel agent in another life too. I love tra- planning travel, but um, one person signed up and I ended up canceling it. And I had a big story about how like, it's not for me. I'm not, I'm never, it would have been nice, but I'm not the kind of person that people would come to. And so I never even looked at it again. And then during COVID, I think it was in, it was early on in COVID. I actually went to a retreat, like maybe in like January or February of 21 or something around there. And it was the retreat itself. I had so much fun, met some amazing women, but the retreat itself was planned so poorly. Like we were supposed to have a chef and we ended up like ordering pizza out because they ran out of money to get food. It was just really poorly organized. And when I got done with that retreat, I'm like, okay, we all had the best time ever. And it was planned horribly. Like surely 
I can plan a retreat. Like I can plan something that's more organized than this. And people are going to have fun no matter what, because what the retreat, like the beauty and the magic of a retreat is the community that's built within it. And that's what I really got there. I was like, it really doesn't, all the little details are just fun bonuses, but the community, that's really like the magic of it. So I came home and planned a retreat and sold it out with almost all the girls from that retreat ended up coming to my retreat and sold it out like in 24 hours. So then I was like, okay, I can do this. And so, um, so the first retreat, it was breath work. I did some breath work. It was before pause, but I was doing, um, my first style that I learned, um, breath work, yoga. And I, what I really like incorporating is feminine and masculine. So we always have like hiking kind of adventure type situation where people are doing things that they wouldn't normally do at home. It's all women. And it's all women who don't realize how, like how, how powerful they are. Right. And so it's like giving them experiences that they think they cannot do like repelling, you know, half the women going, we just got back from one in Zion and women are like, I can't do that. I'm like, you can do that. I'm like, you don't have to do it, but you can do it. And you're going to be more on your deathbed. You're going to be wishing you did it. You know? And, um, and then they all do it. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, what else <laughs> can I do? You know? So, um, so it started with the one and then, and, and it's been like, I don't know, between since then, maybe, I don't know. I do like maybe two to four a year. And then now it's grown into where I'm doing maybe two, like this year I have two, but then I'm, I'm working with other people, helping them organize their retreats. And then I should come and do breath work or teach some classes or just help them hold space you know, at their retreat. So I absolutely love, um, I love the retreats for, again, mostly the community aspect, but also to give these women a space to come and have no role that they have to play. They don't have to be a wife, a mother, a worker, a business owner. They don't have to be anything. They can just show up as a girl, as just a person. And, and um, they get to see every single time there has not been a retreat that this hasn't happened where they come and they're all strangers and they just fall in love. And it's such a beautiful example of when you show up as yourself and like right away, you know, walls are down and we're doing exercises so that the walls are down fast. That when they show up as themselves, not with the wall up and pretending to be all these other things, that they just fall in love with each other. You know, and so they end up being closer with these people in a weekend or in a week than they are with people they've known most of, most of their life because they actually get to get to have people really see them, who they are, their vulnerabilities and their strengths and their stories and um and their playfulness and you know all of that and um yeah, I just love watching them fall in love and and then seeing them, you know, they have all their group WhatsApp mess and seeing them messaging each other all the time and going on other vacations all the time and where they came as strangers. Now they're coming to my next retreat and sharing a room. And yeah, so I, I do. I love the retreats. The retreats are a big part of, of it. I do. I have an online, like a subscription or a membership where, you know, we meet every week also, but, uh, and they start meeting there, but then the in-person is just awesome. 
That's so powerful. And, it's like healing the um, sister wound because it's absolutely. like it's inevitable. No matter what, you get a group of women together, they could have so many differences and maybe it takes a day or two, but eventually they yeah. are just instantly, like you said, in love with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, it's such a natural thing for women or people, but you know, I'm a woman. So I'm going to say like having these circles, these women's circles, like, I mean, millennia, you know, that used to be the norm where there are these women's circles that they come together and they share and they laugh and they cry and they learn and they conjure and, you know, they do all these things. And it was just totally normal. And now, you know, we've not only gotten away gotten away from it but it's almost the opposite where now it's like competition and you know and gossipy and chit-chatting and and I I feel like I feel like it's starting to come back and maybe it's just the circles I'm in but I feel like you know that community is coming back it's so important I mean when I think of like the tribal systems of the past it's like men had their circles and they know men's stuff and they talk about men's stuff and they're they do that and then the women had their theirs and then they would come together and celebrate and have babies and you know and do other things together but it was so important for them to have their their um genders together too for yeah for seeing themselves in each other exactly it's all that reflection yeah like in other people yeah I go to one women's group and it's amazing like just circle of beautiful women and we do we laugh we cry it's, it's everything when I invite other people to come there's so much resistance some mm-hmm. you know, they're like so afraid of like oh well you know is it weird like what we yeah. think and it's like as soon as they come I remember when I was invited I was like all right what am I going to but I, I knew that I was gonna have fun but there's still I could feel that little bit of resistance in it it's like yeah like the, just these last few generations of people kind of I don't know, especially during COVID, just so much separation. I think it's so important to move past that resistance. And It is, yeah. I think a big part of it is like being seen. Again, it's like if someone sees me, if I go to this place where I'm supposed to let myself be seen, what if they don't like me? Mm-hmm. You know, what if I'm not accepted into the group? What if, what if I, again, what if I, they don't let me in and I'm going to die back to that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it is, I, I, yeah, I love the, I love the circles and I love that so much. I think they're super powerful and, and that's the thing when you start letting yourself be seen, you see that we all have the same fears and the same, like so many of the same like joys and fears and concerns and, and heartbreaks and all that. And so it, it does feel scary. So my retreat, my, actually my next retreat that's in, um, it's in San or it's in Temecula, it's right outside of San Diego. I'm doing something a little different and I am actually stepping out into being a little more like in this becoming more authentic in my, like in what my thing is. Like I am more on that, like woo woo witchy side. And I hide that because I'm afraid how it's going to be received. And, and, um, and so my next retreat, I'm kind of like letting my fruit flag fly and doing different ceremonies and, you know, we have like a cacao ceremony. It's a little more, again, stepping into this feminine, bringing more of this feminine into it with more dancing and more movement. People are, I can't even tell you how weirded out people get with dancing. Like every retreat I have, a, a, I call it goddess groove and it's like a dancing meditation. 
everybody, like 100% of the people are weirded out, like in the first couple songs. And they're like all stiff, like, like an eighth grade dance, you know, they're like all awkward. And, and then by the end of it, they're like flowing and doing all these things. And it's so awesome to watch. Um, but people are, like, I don't say, I, I notice women are so afraid to be in their body. Mm-hmm. There's so much shame around being sensual and, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I, I would say that's probably women and men, but because mm-hmm. I work with women, it's like, yeah, too sensual. Then your people are like, what is she doing? Like whore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like a weird shaming that we do to each other, but it's like so empowering. That's part of my morning practice is I dance every morning to where I'm like laughing in the mirror. And I'll be like laughing at myself, almost embarrassed to myself that I'm dancing the way I'm dancing. (laughs) But I will say since I've started that practice, I have found, because it's in my nature to be more sensual, partly because of how I grew up and how, what that meant growing up. But now it's shifted from this power thing to this like, um I don't know like recognizing this flow in me like I don't know how to explain it it's like instead of a power to get the guy I'm gonna be sensual now it's like a oh my gosh I just feel so grounded and so free and it has nothing to do like I, I don't even like it has nothing to do with like, oh, if I do this, that guy's gonna watch me. It's more like, oh my God, I just feel so free. And you're permissioning other women to feel that yeah, way. Yeah, right. And so that's where my work's going. So mm-hmm. my my retreats are stepping in, like I'm, I'm, and I will see how it goes. I have my first one in March that's gonna be this kind of vibe, but it is like more, um, I don't know what the word is, but like just, yeah, it's more of a, of a invitation to have people just full on be in flow and be creative with the way they walk, with the way they eat, with the way they even like feel our bodies, you know? I think it will be successful because I think that is so needed. And I think women are yearning for that, even if they don't know it. Yeah. Even something as simple, because I mean, I grew up, I mean, and I think it's also an eighties thing. But 80s, you know, it was all about the supermodel. It's like, you better be as thin and as attractive and, and whatever. And um, and especially with breath work, I've really stepped into for myself as well as is asking other people to do it. It's like, quit the sucking your stomach in thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I, that was one of my things this year, like from New Year's, like a, not a resolution, but like a promise to myself. I'm like, I am not sucking my stomach in anymore. Like, okay, I have, I have kids. I'm 53 years old and I have a little bit of a belly and oh, well, and just that alone. I mean, how mean is that to suck your stomach in? I call that out. Smaller to try to be less, you know? I call that out to women every, every time someone comes into my class, who's never breathed before. I'm like, okay, here we don't hold our stomachs in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. us, especially as women, we're always holding our stomachs in. So we breathe up here. Like, no, no more of that. Yeah, They exactly. always call that out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we have to just stop really. We have to release. Yeah. And this just dropped in. Have you seen Pamela Anderson lately? 
She's doing yeah. like no makeup. Yeah. That's yeah. Her thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I love that. Yeah. But, I love mm-hmm. that too. And I love it more and more. I don't know if I don't have a TV, so I'm not sure, but I know that for a while Dove was doing like different ads where it's like women of all different sizes and they're like in, you know, call like granny panties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love that. It's like primitive, like we're just, we're like, just allow us to be just to be like, it's so it aging is a thing. I mean, that's been a big part of my healing as well, because growing up a big, um, a big message in my house was like thin, young, pretty specifically. But one of the things my mom would say is like, you better stay young and pretty looking or young looking and, and, and thin and pretty because men will find someone else. Like as you age, men will find someone else. And that has been like, like a mantra to me. And so that is kind of one of the, um, even in being single now and being open to dating and stepping into that, I'm like, you know, I am not, I want relationships, all relationships in my life to be made from a place of authenticity and pure love for myself. And that, you know, that light that it creates in me just attracts the things that want that kind of light. Mm-hmm. So if I have to be something and make sure I look like this and make sure that I don't gain weight and make sure that I don't have a wrinkle, like, what is that? That is like that, that hurts my nervous system. Just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and so if I was to be in a romantic relationship again and find a partner or whatever, then they will love every single ripple and bump and cellulite mm-hmm. and, and all the things, you know? Like that will just be part of, it's just part of my story and part of my journey. And I want love from, not to mention, I know women who don't fit the standard beauty, you know, uh, they're not in those parameters and they're just stunning and attractive and they shine such a bright light that they're like, people are like moths to a flame with them. And that's mm-hmm. beautiful. I love that. And so that is like, you know, whether you want to call it confidence or whether you just want to call it like. I don't know, just knowing that like the kingdom of God is within us and that's who we are. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's sexy, (laughs) you know, like that is a powerful brightness that is so attractive. And so I want, yeah. So I want to support, I mean, I want to support myself in remembering that and I want to support others in remembering that. Mm -hmm. It might be a cliche, but it's what matters on the inside yeah totally absolutely and I've also and maybe it's also because I have children and I am divorced and but I also don't have I mean that was such a um, focus for me was to make sure I had a partner and would I love someone to go to you know go travel with or go out to dinner with or go on a hike with yeah I mean yeah I would love that but I also like that's like an icing on the cake kind of thing um I really truly I'm just loving my life and the work and growing and sharing that and all the new relationships I have in my life. Like I'm loving it so much that it's like side note, if I could have a partner to share that with. And it's also, I mean, I will say the difficult part is it's made me so incredibly um, discerning with that. Cause I mean, I get asked out occasionally and I'm like, "Mm." 
like I, I don't even want to entertain it because it's like I already know like I already know I can already feel like it's a no mm -hmm. so you know and then it, my ego doesn't need the date just for a date you know yeah you totally tapped into that intuition yeah I mean you know I'm working out. I have my moments for sure but um <laughs> but yeah it's so much louder than it used to be and I'm so grateful and I do not take that for granted yeah the key there intuition over ego yeah and we're human you know there's a um there's a quote what is that quote um oh so uh, do, I don't know if you know who Megan Watterson is she wrote um Mary Magdalene Revealed which is an amazing book by the way but she talks about how Mary Magdalene um had said uh that we're all truly human and what true is that what it was truly human or true humans and what a true human is is that we're fully divine and we're fully human we're not just a little bit divine and human or and we're not just divine and not human so all the experiences all like all the anger the sadness the joy the you know like all the things like we're meant to feel all this. It, we're meant to, um, you know, like everything that you guys have gone through in your life is why you're doing this podcast. It's why we're all having this conversation, right? And so it's like all like let ourselves feel all the things and notice all the things. And, and you know, my point with this was like, like, yeah, I totally tapped into my intuition most of the time, a lot of the time. And there's a lot of the time that I'm not and I'm human. And there's times I might get pissed off or times I make a choice that I'm like, eh, I kind of knew I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyway. And like, that's fine. There's, it's like not, we don't need to be perfect or just because we are fully divine. It doesn't mean we're perfect because we're still fully human as well. And that's like the beauty and the fun of all of it, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Even I have to remind myself of that sometimes when I'm feeling something that doesn't feel so good, but I'm like, you know, this is just part of being human. Like I love this experience and it's a blink of time. Mm -hmm. It's needing those reminders too, that keep us human. I'm constantly yeah. needing to remind myself. All yeah. The well, thank you, Shannon, for sharing your journey with us it's been such an amazing just gift thank you thank you for letting me chat for the last hour and a half well we'd love to have you share where people can find you yeah so um well i have my website which is shannonbrysonbreathwork.com and I am also on Instagram, it's wildbreath.shannonbryson. And then on Facebook, it's Wild Breath by Shannon Bryson. Yeah. So, and I am, yeah, I have all my, I have the retreats and my monthly membership, the subscription, the membership. That's, that's where I do most of my work with the gals on there. Um, other than that, I do like little pop-up things that people, I'll, I'll work at different studios bring me in for breath work in the San Diego area, but yeah, mostly online. So cool. And then we yeah. like to finish 
giving the opportunity for our guests to, if you had the opportunity to share a message with the world, what would that be for you right now? Mm. I mean, it's kind of what I was talking about the whole time. It's like, just listen to your nervous system, just pause and listen to that, the quiet voice. Because like, we know our answers, we know our answers. So I'm just saying like, not, not, not having those knee jerk reactions, just taking the time to, to listen and to feel into what your truth is. Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing. Continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now and see you in the next episode.